Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Morgan Colby. Rick Lemon is still on vacation. Uh, it is Thursday, July 25th, 2019, um, and we are now getting into the full-fledged beginning of training camp. Uh, this is It's getting really exciting this time of year. Uh, you have about one month until the season really begins. Draft season is starting now, um, and so there's a lot of preparation. There's a lot of work to do uh, and a lot of uh, research to do before you start your draft Um, Today, we bring you our best value picks at the running back position for 2019. Um, Before we get into that, be sure to do the following. Follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs, on Instagram at the Fantasy Champions. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Fantasy Champions. Subscribe wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. If you're on YouTube, click the bell for notifications. Leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts and make sure you share this podcast with your friends because there is no rick today we will skip over the question that we usually start the show with on thursdays and move right into our best value picks so let's get started with our best value picks for 2019 these are players that we believe are going to be great values uh at their adp um so let's start out with number one at his current ADP of 24, Leonard Fournette. This is going to be a fun episode because running backs are so important to fantasy football, and I think the value of running backs and wide receivers is so important to your team. And if you get good values, you're, you're going to win your fantasy league. So starting off with Leonard Fournette as a good value for your fantasy team, he is a guy that has shown that he can finish as an RB1. Um... The concerns surrounding him are injury, um, which is, you know, rightfully so, uh, and, and is his off-the-field attitude um, and, and how he's gotten in trouble multiple times um, so far in his career. But uh, he is right now getting drafted as the 24th running back off the board and uh, the 14th running back off the board at pick 24. So he's a third-round draft choice. This is a guy that I think can exceed, you know, exceed that that 14th running back position. If you're drafting him at 14 or 15, then you expect him to be an RB2. And to me, I think Leonard Fournette is better than an RB2. If he plays a full season, which I believe he's going to this year. If he plays a full season, he is a he is a top 10 running back. And so for me, I think people are undervaluing Leonard Fournette. They're overlooking Leonard Fournette. They're saying, you know what? I, I don't want his attitude. I don't want his um, I don't want his injuries. I don't want that anywhere near my team. I think far too many people were burned by Leonard Fournette last year. Um, he was drafted, I believe, most of the time in the second round. And I think that Leonard Fournette, like I said, burned people. Burned people. He was on a team. You know, if he was on your fantasy team multiple times during the season, he had to miss games, and then he came back and he gave you 20 fantasy points and 20 fantasy points and the 18 fantasy points. You're like, wow, this guy's really good, and then he would get hurt again, and he would miss games, and then you would be like, this blows. And, and I think a lot of the time when you have a player like that, 
it really, really damages your want to draft that player. And and I reiterate the the fact that when you're playing fantasy football, you need to look past the 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 burn that you felt with a player. Um, you know, last year I was burned when I drafted Carson Wentz, and and he. Well, I think I drafted him in the sixth round, and he didn't perform. He was he was one of the <laughs> he was a terrible quarterback in fantasy football last year, and not one week did he make me feel like I got a good quarterback there. Um, and so for me, I could look at that and go, "Oh, you know what? I'm, I was burned. I didn't want. You know, I'm never going to draft Carson Wentz again." Or I could say, "You know what? He's a good value where he's at in the twelfth round, like I said last week, and I'm going to draft him there." Um, and so for me, if you were a Leonard Fournette like drafter and you drafted Leonard Fournette do not overlook Leonard Fournette forget about what happened in 2018 forget about what he did to your team in 2018 and let's look back at 2017 when he played all 16 games he had 24 points week one 14 points week two 17 24 31 21 6 13 7 16 21 16 and 17 so we only finished under 12 points one two times two times over the course of the 2017 season which is absolutely crazy um when you look through you know your your 2017 season and your 2018 season in 2017 Leonard Fournette finished as the number eight running back fantasy football I think he was had 194 fantasy points over the course of 13 games in a half PPR setting Leonard Fournette finished eight as well with two twelve, and it, like the fact that it was over the course of thirteen games is just absolutely crazy. Um, and Fournette, he played extremely, extremely well in those thirteen games. And if you look at the average fantasy points per game over the course of those few weeks, he had sixteen, which ranked that season it ranked as <clears throat> the number six, number six running back. So if he had he played those three games, he would have finished as a number five or six running back in all of fantasy football. And so for me, when you look at Fournette and you look at what he did to you last year, you know, yeah, he had nine carries and and he just didn't perform. He had nine, I think, week one, the week he got hurt, he had nine carries, three targets. Um, he didn't do bad. He just didn't score a touchdown in that game. Um, he had eight fantasy points on, on nine targets. So that, I mean, nine touches and that's 8.5 fantasy points on nine touches is pretty good. Um, he had 12 carries the following week and he just against the jets. He played terrible. Um, and I believe he also got hurt in that game. Uh, and then week he came back week 10, 11, in 12, he scored 27, 22, and 25 fantasy points. He got back to what he did the previous weeks. And then, you know, 14, 15, and 16. He didn't play week 17. 14, 15, and 16. He had 6, 9, and 16. So over the course of those, week, I think it was weeks 10 to 16. Um, let me just pull up where he finished. Because if if he finished anywhere near where he was supposed to uh, in 2018, he is a, a number 12 in fantasy that uh, over the course of weeks uh, 10, I believe to 16, he finished as the number 12 or a number 11 running back in fantasy football. And so when you look at Fournette, he gave you those, those big games. He gave you those great performances. 
And I think as you go through your your search in the third round for a running back or your search in the, you know, some people are drafting him in, in, you know, early, early third round. But if you're looking for a running back, Leonard Fournette is your guy. I think he's a guy that that if he had played all of last year would probably be a second round pick right now. And he would be far earlier than pick 24. Um, so if you're in a 10 team league, you know, you can get him in the third round. If you're in a 12 team league, you can get him late second, early third. Um, and so for me, as the 14th running back off the board, you're getting a guy who can finish as, a, as an RB1. He plays all games next year. He's an RB1. I'm sorry. They're going to try to get him. There's reports that they're going to try to get him, you know, 60 catches next year. And 60 catches on top of 250 carries is almost touching the ball 300 plus times. And so it's like, you see what Leonard Fournette can do. You see the type of talent he is. And he just missed, he missed eight games last year. Yes, he's got to play those eight games. Last year, his fantasy point per opportunity, 0.76. The year he had a very good season, it was points. Uh, 7-3. So that is a little bit concerning, but the biggest thing for him is just opportunity. It's the fact that he is going to get that opportunity. It's a matter of if and when. You know what I mean? Um, He's very valuable in PPR because he catches a lot of balls. Um, He gets targeted around four or five times a game, and he almost catches every single one of them. And so at that rate, he's he's an extremely good uh, running back. He's a He's a guy they give the ball in the red zone. There's nobody behind him. He just there's no reason to believe why Leonard Fournette is going to be a mid-range RB two next year unless he gets hurt, unless he 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 is succumbed to injury again. So for me, a perfect number one value pick for 2019 is Leonard Fournette. Uh, if you're in a draft and he's on the board and he's he's the last running back in in your tier, take him 100. percent you know, if they're not any better running backs on the board, don't go, you know what, I'm going to take that wide receiver instead because I don't like Leonard Fournette. Take Leonard Fournette. Take the best player available. He is going to be a guy that you don't regret taking unless he gets hurt. <laughs> then you'll then you'll be like, I'm never taking him again. Uh, number two is Aaron Jones. This is a guy, like I said last week, we talked about him a little bit. Um, he was one of, he was my, uh, I believe it's one of my favorite players Outside of the top 20, um, he is a player that I believe in going into this year. Last year, I didn't like him. Beginning of this year, I didn't like him. Um, I had him on the list of busts. And as I continue to study and look at Aaron Jones's numbers and analytics and all of that stuff, he began to grow on me. Right now, his ADP is pick 30, and he's the 16th running back on the off the board. So he's in generally the same round as Leonard Fournette. Um Usually round, uh, my my guess is either round three or four. Most of the time, he's going to land in round four if you're in a 10-team league, round three if you're in a 12-team league. So for me, I really like Aaron Jones just because of the pure fact that he's a good running back. Like, you know, that sounds really stupid to say, but it's true. He's an extremely talented running back, and he just hasn't been given the opportunity to prove that. His fantasy points per opportunity is 1.02. Um, which is crazy. If, if, if you give him the ball 250 times, he's going to get you 250 fantasy points. I've talked about that metric so much. And the fact that he was that high in terms of efficiency is crazy. Now, one of the things that, you know, I, I, I tweeted out the other day, if you don't follow me on, um, Twitter at Morgan Colby underscore FF, um, Go over and follow me on there. I post all kinds of content. But um, I put I tweeted I tweeted the other day 
that production plus efficiency equals um, fantasy points. And and I think when you look at when you look at Aaron Jones, he has production. He has. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Opportunity plus efficiency equals production. So efficiency. He has the efficiency. One fantasy point per opportunity. Is he going to get that opportunity? Last year, he had 133 carries and 35 total targets for 26 receptions, um, which you could equivalent out to 159 total touches over the course of 12 games. Had you given him uh, you know, 13 touches per game for the rest of the season, he probably would have hit maybe like around 160, 170 carries and roughly 35 total receptions. So in those two categories, you would have had a, you know, a much larger percentage. You probably would have hit 200 total uh, receptions and carries and, and 200 total touches. They need to get him to 250 to 275 total touches. If they do that with Aaron Jones, if the Packers do that with Aaron Jones, I personally believe he will get to 250 to 270 fantasy points. I'm continuing to believe that he is going to be a low-end RB, RB1 and that he's going to be an extremely talented player. Now, the fact that you can get Aaron Jones in the fourth round and, and have the, the ceiling of RB1, I think you're getting, once again, Aaron Jones at his floor. You're getting Aaron Jones deep into his floor. And I think, I think that you, could, you can draft Aaron Jones and know okay, this guy's going to be a high-end RB2, low-end RB1, and he also has the potential to be the Joe Mixon of this year. It, it, you know, it, I, don't know he, I don't know that he's going to fall into the fifth round, but right now, I think he can exceed the value of a 16th running back. You know what I mean? I think he can exceed the value of, of where he was drafted, and I think he could be a very good value pick at the running back position. Yes, he's getting drafted at 30. Yes, he is pretty high, but he's another running back that I absolutely love that I think is a perfect value pick. Um, let's move on to number three, Carryon Johnson. Carryon Johnson was an interesting player in the 2018 season because he didn't miss he did miss some time um i believe he's in his second season last year was his rookie year and he played 10 games in his rookie season um and this year is his second year in fantasy football um last year he had 118 carries and 32 receptions so he had in the games that he played he had roughly 150 touches and total opportunities um when you look at his fantasy point per opportunity, 0.9, which is what you need to be at, efficiency is there. The question is, you know, last year, most of the season, they gave the ball to um, the backup running back uh, or the starting running back at the beginning of the season, uh, uh, LeGarrette Blunt. And they overdid it with Blunt. They absolutely overdid it with Blunt. They were trying to force him the ball. He averaged like, what, I think it was 3.2 yards a carry. Like, it was just bad. He was a bad running back. They tried to force it to him. And then when they realized later in the season, oh, Carrion Johnson is a really good running back, they started to go his way. Um, he has good metrics when it comes to, you know, uh, just the, he had 31 evaded tackles, 20, uh, he had a 20.7% juke rate, which those will go up uh, when he starts playing, you know, full time. But he had 5.7 yards per touch. Um, in in five point yard five point four yards per carry. So, to me, he is he's extremely talented. He has the efficiency. He just needs to get the opportunity. I think that he will finish as a high end RB two this upcoming season, and people are going to really like him. 
Um, you know, you see over the course of a few games, he had, uh, you know, in the in the games that he played um, through 11 weeks, he had six week one, he had 11 week two, 13 week three, 12 week four, 10 week five, 19 week seven, uh, 15 week eight, seven week nine, 24 week 10, and 17 week 11. So he started to get prog- progressively better as the season went on, and he started to become more efficient. Um, so he's, he is a, he's an extremely talented running back. He's drafted in the second round. And now the only concern that I have with carry on Johnson, and it's the same concern that I have with Aaron Jones is that he is going to be a player that gets bit in the butt by his backup running back, CJ Anderson. And I think you're going to get carry on Johnson who has the majority of the carries, the majority of the passing and catches and, you know, or the majority of the, the catches in the passing game at the running back position. He's going to get those things. And then when he gets in the red zone, he's going to get vultured from touchdowns, which will destroy his fantasy value um, in terms of what he can do on a week to week basis. Yeah. Can he get a hundred yards a week, you know, put up 10, 11, 12 fantasy points. Yeah. Um, and you saw something similar to that happen last year with with Garrett Blunt, he only had a total of four touchdowns in 10 weeks and it's like you know four total touchdowns receiving and uh rushing so for me when you look at when you look at him he's gotta he's gotta jump up in in terms of uh total touchdowns and and and, and he needs to score more touchdowns if he plays a full season he needs to get to like 12 to 15 touchdowns um, through the air and on the ground in order to have any form of opportunity to finish as as a low-end RB1. I don't think Carrion can finish as an RB1 this year. I think mid to high-end RB2 is where he can land. Um, and so I think he is a good value pick in terms of, you know, he's a guy going at pick 37 um, and as the 19th running back off the board. So as a 19th running back off the board, you're getting a guy who can finish at 11 or 12. I think that's a great value pick um, for for where he's landing. Um, it's a guy who you can get and be rest assured to know that he is going to finish as an RB2. Um, so I think you just got to watch out for the touchdowns. I think in training camp you'll see, you know, okay, is CJ Anderson ready to play? Is he really going to be that guy? Um, you know, so I think Carrion's going to take more of that role. They would be smart to give it to him. But Carryon Johnson is my number three best running back value pick for 2019. Let's move on to number four. He goes by the name of Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack is an extremely interesting player. Um, I really like Marlon Mack. Um, and I've been kind of up and down on him a little bit because he is falling where Leonard Fournette is kind of going. Um, pick 32, running back 18 off the board. So it's usually a choice between Carrion and Marlon Mack. If I had to choose between the two of them, I would choose Marlon Mack. Um, he's going into his third year. He, in both seasons, has missed a total of six games in two seasons. So for me, I think that you have to really watch that as as a situation, but... Um, he averages 0.8 fantasy points per opportunity in 2017. He averaged 0.8 fantasy points per opportunity, similar to guys like um, Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell. They produce the same efficiency. So the efficiency is there. You know, he got 4.7 yards per carry last year, 4.8 yards per touch, which needs to go up a little bit. Um, in college, he was he was the 78th percentile college target share, so he can catch the ball. You know, he's a good pass catcher. The problem is, 
Naheem Hines is there in Indy. And if Naheem Hines gets the same amount of looks, similar like a Tariq Cohen, then Marlon Mack is going to be capped. If they don't use Mack in the passing game, he's going to be capped. Last year in 12 games, he was averaging 16 carries per game. I think he, that would even this year go up. Um, and so you might see 18, 19 carries per game, which would get you all the way up to like 225 to 250 total carries on the season. The question is, can he jump up from 17? He was getting about 1.4 receptions per game. Can he boost that up to, you know, 30 to 40? If he can get 35 to 40, he's going to be very similar. You know, one of the, one of the guys that I've compared him to, uh, him and Nick Chubb consistently is a guy like Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott has been a top five running back since he got drafted, and uh, you know, or at least produced as a top five running back since he got drafted. And uh, for two seasons or three seasons in the league before this past season, he produced all of this this high end running back talent with just rushing on the ground. Most of the time he got like 30 to 35 catches a season and he didn't really produce that much in the passing game. So what I'm looking for is, is Marlon Mack going to turn into, and I hate to make this comparison, but is is Marlon Mack going to turn into Jordan Howard uh, this year? Or is he going to be, you know, like a, you know, a guy who can get, you know, 300 receiving yards and a guy who can get 1,200, 1,300 rushing yards and get between 15, 1,600 all-purpose yards with, you know, 12 to 15 touchdowns. If he can do that and hit 30, 40, 35, 40 receptions, I think he could definitely finish as a low-end RB1. It's just a matter of can that happen. Um, and so when you look at his game logs from the past year, um, when you look at week six through 17 in games that he played, uh, week six, he had 10 points against the Jets. He had 29 in week seven, 29, 28 in week eight, five in week 10 against the Jacksonville Jaguars, 13 in week 11 against Tennessee, 11 against Miami, four against Jacksonville, nine against Houston, 25 against Dallas, 10 against the Giants, and 18 against Tennessee. My concern remains the same with Marlon Mack is that he's going to be capped by his receptions this year, and so that is something to keep an eye on. But I think when you look at when you look at what Marlon Mack has done, you know he has shown that he can be a guy that can produce at a high level. What Indy needs is a better defense. To be honest with you, um, they need to produce a lot better defensively. Uh, in order to get Marlon Mack. Because like, if Indy takes like, 10, 15-point leads, like in games that they blow teams out, Marlon Mack scores 25-plus fantasy points. Like That is just the case. Um, Marlon Mack is, is unfortunately a little bit game script dependent. Um, and so he, he, you know, in terms of being on a really good offense, can improve that. But I, I think the only way he gets better as a running back is if they start throwing him the football. You know, he only had a 65% catch rate for running backs, usually between 75 and 80 if you are talented um, and you're good. So for me, they got to start passing him the ball more. And if they keep giving it to Naheem Hines, you're not going to get that from Marlon Mack. And I think you'll get a similar, a guy who, unfortunately, he's like hovering on my list between, you know, and I'll answer the question whether he's a value pick in a second, but he's hovering on my list between a player who can be, you know, a breakout candidate this year and a guy who will totally bust you out. Um, 
because he just can't pass catch. And if he doesn't grow into a pass catching role in that indie offense, then he's just, I don't, I think he's capped. I think he's capped and capped to a nine to 12 finish next year and possibly busting out. But I think he, you know, as the 18th running back off the board, I think he is a good value here. I think it is a little bit difficult to, to, you know, jump out and say that, but I think that he can finish 12th, 13th. And I think that if he finishes 12th or 13th, it is a good value. Um, I think that if you're getting him in the fourth round, sometimes in some, in some formats, in some leagues, he's going in the fifth round. If he does go in the fifth round, then you're, you're definitely going to get that, uh, you know, big time production from Marlon Mack and, and, and you can say, okay, yeah, you know what, if he's going in the fifth round, I can, I can draft him knowing that he's going to be a high end RB two, you know? And, and I, I think that Indy being a much better team, they are not going to play. They have a better defense and they're not going to be playing from behind as often, which gives Marlon Mack more opportunity on the ground. If he judges the ball 250, 260, 270 times, you know, between 250 and 270, then I think he's going to be a really good running back. But he's got to, A, stay on the field and stay healthy. And B, he's got to be a guy that can produce at, at a high level consistently. Um, you know, we only saw him get like, I think it was two or three 20-plus point games. So we need to see him do that more consistently. But I think he, he's a solid RB2 that can jump into that RB1 contention depending on how they utilize him. Um, the fifth guy is a little bit further down the draft board. We will probably at some point release some form of content, whether it's YouTube articles or whatever, um, that have to do with late late, uh, late value picks. But um, right now we're just doing value picks in general. And I think the fifth guy is Kenyon Drake. His current ADP is 51. He's the 25th running back off the board, um, which, you know, if you were to look at that, 25 is usually uh, RB3 um, territory. You know, uh, if, if, you're, if you're in a 10 team, 1 through 10 is an RB1. If you're in a 12 team, 1 through 12 is an RB1. So he just, you know, he's, he's completely out of the RB2 conversation in 10 team. And in 12 team, he is he's just out of that RB2 conversation. Kenyon Drake is an interesting player that a lot of people are, are fading on right now. Um, last year... He finished as the, uh, I think it was the 17th, yeah, 17th running back in, in, in half PPR leagues um, with 179 fantasy points over the course of uh, all 17 games. So he played every single game. He was extremely good in those games, um, but he didn't, he didn't like shine in 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 certain moments he had games where he had 23 24 fantasy points i think two times last year he had 20 plus fantasy points um but the rest of the time it was between 8 and 12 which you know isn't what you want from a guy who starts on your team the thing that i notice is that over the course of those 16 games that he played last year he had 173 total touches in those 173 total touches he had one fantasy point per opportunity and what have i talked about efficiency plus opportunity equals production. And when you look at that, the only thing that needs to happen for Kenyon Drake is the, the, the opportunity. He needs to see his carries and his receptions increase. I think he's going to crack 60, 65 receptions this year. Um, and I think that he could hit 
200 carries this year. I think it's very plausible that that happens over the course of 16 games. The big reason why he didn't is because you had Adam Gase there who wanted to use <laughs> Frank Gore more than Kenyon Drake, which I don't understand. Kenyon Drake is one of the most talented running backs in the league. He shows pure talent. Um, you know, he had he had just around 900 yards and eight touchdowns last year on uh, the, the 170 opportunities. I mean, that that's absolutely crazy. And so I think if you give him the ball on the ground 200 to 220 times and give him 60 receptions and let him touch the ball 270, 280 times, he will not make you regret it. And I think the other, the other part of the whole situation that's going to really uh, be impressive is, is that one fantasy point per opportunity. Because if you add that into that 270, he ends up being, he ends up going from 179 fantasy points to about 260 fantasy points. And, and if he does that, then that helps him finish at six, seven, or eight. And so for me, Kenyon Drake is definitely that talent that can come out and be that type of player. It's just a matter of of, of opportunity. And and I don't know <laughs> I don't know if he can he can get that opportunity in this new system, but with Adam Gase gone and with the new coaching staff coming in, um, mostly from the New England Patriots, they we'll see how it works out, but they can utilize him in the way that he needs to be utilized. You know, they they have to utilize him in that way because he's the only guy they got. And Kalen Balazs is the guy right behind him. Now, I like Kalen Balazs as a deep sleeper this year, but, you know, do I like Kenyon Drake? Do I like Kalen Balazs more than Kenyon Drake? No. Do I think Kalen Balazs is going to come out and steal a bunch of opportunity from Kenyon Drake? No. So I think Kenyon Drake could reach 200 to 225 carries and 60 to 70 receptions. And if he does that, he gets to 260, 270 fantasy points um, next year because he has one fantasy point per opportunity. If he does that, he ends up being a very high-level guy. Um, and and I, I, I talk about this, I talked about this, I believe, last week. Last year, Joe Mixon was a late fifth, early sixth-round pick um, in most drafts. You know, between 48 and 52 is where he was going. And, and it was generally around the 23rd to 25th running back off the board. And so Mixon was talented. He was good. He was all there. Um, and a lot of people felt that he was going to be a mid-range to low-end RB2. And that's why they were drafting him in that spot. And I think when you look at Kenyon Drake, he reminds me a lot of what Joe Mixon was last year, where his his ADP was between 48 and 51. And he was a 24th, 25th running back off the board. And I think this year, Kenyon Drake is the 2018 Joe Mixon. I think he can come out as a fifth or sixth round pick or I'm sorry, a fourth or fifth round pick that could come out and be a extremely, extremely, extremely talented running back that ends up being a a you know seven, eight, nine guy, you know, an RB, you know, or seventh, eighth, or ninth among running backs at the end of next year. And so if you draft him there, he's an extremely high value. You know, you're getting a great value pick from Kenyon Drake at that spot. So for me, I'm going after Kenyon Drake. I'm going after the guy who, um, you know, averages that one fantasy point per opportunity. It is a little bit deeper of a, not a sleeper, I guess, but more of a player that, you know, the, uh, the, the, the likely opportunity is that he won't. But I think if you get him in the fourth, fifth, or sixth round, he's a great value pick. Um, so that'll do it for our running back value picks episode. Um, be sure to listen 
on Thursday as we move into our third episode and Rick returns to discuss value picks at the wide receiver position. And then we close it out next Thursday uh, with tight ends and we move into, I believe, a new mock draft. So that'll be exciting. Thank you for listening and see you later, fantasy champs. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.